0: Hello, this is Kay Wilson, and I am with the lovely Kaz again. Hello. (laughs) And today, firstly, we'd love to wish you all a happy new year. And um, we're excited because we are talking about how you can change your story around money, love, and happiness, which we thought was a good way to start the year so that we can all start creating a story for 2020 that will support our ideals and aspirations. So... Um, What I'd like to basically start with is just a bit about what I mean by story. Now this is something Kaz is super familiar with because it's actually one of the first things that we do when we start coaching is build that awareness of how we are operating in the world not only um, externally but internally and a big part of that process is understanding the power that your story, as in the way that you communicate to the world, the the power that that has over your experience. Now, every single word that we speak, every single sound essentially that comes out of our mouth in the shape of a word offers a vibration. And every single vibration is extremely powerful. If you have ever looked at, an organic matter underneath a microscope you'll see that all the cells and molecules are all vibrating at different speeds and the thing that makes them vibrate is well, vibration is energy and what we tend to think is that only the hard stuff we can see around us ie matter is what vibrates but the reality is is that every single thing we can take in through our eyes is vibrating just at different speeds. The very air that sits between me and Kaz right now is filled with vibration. And so when we use our words, it's really important to remember that every single word is a vibration. And so if we are expressing ourselves through words that lift us up, we're creating a vibration around us, which is going to support our energy, going to lift up our energy. And the true is said of the reverse. So the first thing that we try to work with is the words that you are using. So what we start with is the external. So Kaz, you'll be familiar with this process. Because...
1: I am, because <laughs> I sort of failed at this process. Well, I didn't fail at the process, but it's quite a confronting process when you start sort of coaching with you. When you talk about your story, because a lot of the times people tell stories that aren't in line with who they, they are, mm. or it can be a situation where I can tell you my story and I might be all of those things, but I might have forgotten it along the way. So it's a bit of a process.
0: Yeah. And so when we first, if you don't mind us yeah, talking sure, about this, put <laughs> you on the spot again. <laughs> um, when you first came to see me and I asked you, I said, so what's your story? yeah and you described this really kind of outgoing confident um
1: optimistic i was positive and i was confident about where i was going what i was doing everything else and then you said and do you believe it and i said no
0: and that was because what was your internal narrative what was your internal story my internal story was doubt
1: fear all of those worry mm. my and I, I always, even though I've gone through the process of, mm. of changing these things, um, you're always fought with coming back to those um, fears or worries or whatever it is. So, I actually have to use these practices that we're going to talk about today all the time to kick myself back into believing what I'm saying. Mm. But it has changed my the way in which I describe myself to other people because I think there was a layer of um, a victim sort of story story yeah that I didn't even recognize until I, I spoke to you mm-hmm. so and the funny thing is I hate victims not in that sounds very harsh but I hate that victim mentality mm. but there I was actually
0: yeah
1: reflecting that myself but you were saying that the process comes in different steps, so when you start to talk about your story, it comes in stages. It Be- definitely does, yeah. Because
0: yeah. Um, even, and, and your experience of it is particular to you, mm. whereas other people, and we all know them, you'll say to them, how are you, for example, and the first thing they'll do is rattle off a list of problems, and they, they um, not only um, speak their story of victimhood per se, they they clearly live and breathe it as well, and we can see it a mile off. And um, so it's you know all of us have an external and an internal narrative, and it's how we get those things to marry, mm-hmm. and also how we get those things to and if they are married because it could be victim external, victim internal mm-hmm. quite easily. But then how we get them to enable us, not disable us, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the other thing I'll say is that
1: one thing I realized, if you don't change, if you don't learn to change those things, it will, it will flow into other aspects of your life. If you're in that victim mentality, that's what you'll attract. If you're in a growth perspective, you'll attract, you'll manifest something greater. So the whole point of this, I feel Mm. is It's tools enabled to help you grow into different chapters that you're wanting. Like, It's one thing to um, put down, I want to achieve this, or I'd like to be like this, Mm -hmm. but it's another thing to take the journey to get there.
0: Yeah, I think, um, and that's valid in terms of we attract or manifest, as you put, what we feel. So we can go out there, as we talked about earlier, and have this external story that's like, I'm really successful, I'm all of these wonderful things, but if our internal narrative is, I'm worthless, I'm a failure, it can be really challenging to manifest because we fundamentally don't believe it. Or it'd be just really difficult to manifest because our internal narrative might be, I have to work really hard to be successful. In which case, you will have to work really hard to be successful. Whereas my personal preferred story is, things come to me easily. Mm. (laughs) So... (laughs) yeah yeah everything's working out perfectly and it invariably does so you know I then lead a much easier experience um but yeah it is a process and so it's just about basically being it's it is about increasing your awareness so just becoming very aware of how you respond to questions where people are like as simple as hey how are you Mm -hmm. and you may not be a person that rattles off all your problems, but equally you might be a person that just goes, yeah, I'm fine, and changes the subject. Mm-hmm. In which case, you're robbing yourself of your voice mm-hmm. or not you know, giving yourself the time to tell your story. And if you're not willing to listen to your story, then who will be? So, um, so yeah, just becoming really aware of how you're responding to social interactions um, when you're out with your, your friends know and they ask you questions how's work going is it a story of i have to survive i have to struggle through or is it and i'm not again and what i want to be really clear clear about is also it's i'm not um encouraging like blind positivity far from it what i am suggesting is a growth approach so by that i mean for example someone turns around to you and says Um, how's work and your internal narrative might be my boss is a real pain in the neck and I feel like I might lose my job because they'll find someone better than me at some point then your external response to that could be instead of saying oh it's really crap I hate my job it could be I'm I'm in a position where I know that my job challenges me and I know that I'm going to find my way through it. I look forward to seeing how it all turns out. And every single day tells me more about who I am. That's a growth story. Okay. Oof. And yeah, you might feel weird saying that to your mate because it's not your normal way of speaking. But, and you can carry on the way that you are, but just be really aware that it's your peace of mind that is is in the balance here if you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. you know you tell a story which is going to start to support and inspire yourself it will enable you to start to feel that even the person you're talking to though they may react with what how the, what was that response or wow you've never spoken like that before whatever their response might be you can be sure you've had an impact on them too well it's funny
1: because the more that you i feel like the older I get, I'm more attracted in friendships to those that are very open and honest about what they're going through, what's challenging them, what's hard, we can talk about it. What's, if you're winning, I'm cheering you on kind mm. of thing. So if you're open about, look, I've taken on a bit too much at the moment, but it's teaching me this, and hopefully this is the outcome, you'll find that you actually invite support into your life. And you might actually, um, they might actually start to do the same with you. And then there's a further bond. Yeah. Talking about those things.
0: Absolutely. That's right. And you do, um, what you do when you respond like that is though it might be surprising for your, your immediate group up front, it might actually, what you do is you create a kind of um, a precedent. You start and you set a new precedent. We can speak like this. It's like you give everyone permission then Mm. to talk in that way. Mm. And what you'll find is, though they might take the mickey out of you even up front, that same person a week or a month later might reach out to you and say, you know what, actually, I'm really struggling with this. What do you feel? Because they'll have recognised that you are open to talk about those things. Mm. And that's really powerful. But keeping... We digress so easily, keeping <laughs> to the point. So yeah, starting to, starting to make the initial part of the process, starting to make small changes to how you respond to very normal social interactive questions, like how you are or how your work is or how your family is, and just starting to come at it from a very um, supportive and uplifting perspective. Then what you'll start to realise when you start to maintain this practice is that, your internal thoughts will start to seem far more harsh than your external responses to things. And inevitably what we want you to do is to carry this practice into your internal world as well. So that, for example, when you wake up in the morning and you consider what you've got coming up in your day, instead of thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to get through today? Turning around to yourself and saying, oh, I don't know what today looks like yet. I know there are some client meetings, which I will probably find challenging, but I'm going to choose to be optimistic about it, Mm -hmm. irrespective of what is on your plate. And inevitably, the pattern of your internal narrative will start to reflect your external because you'll be putting effort into your external narrative. So subconsciously, there's a side of you that recognizes, well, why am I going to all this trouble to uplift myself here? And then letting myself fall into this pit on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it, you will want to balance yourself. Nature always wants to balance itself, and we are nature. So um, you'll start to slowly incorporate this posit- positive, for one of a better word, um, more uplifting, fulfilling um, perspective on your own inner narrative. Um, the way that you see yourself okay so this can be really challenging for a lot of people and actually it's part of the coaching that I do is a lot of mirror work because we are so we live in a world of great comparison okay Instagram Mm -hmm. all social media is just packed with how you should look and I actually heard something the other day I want to share with you quickly because it's so beautiful and it's as simple as this comparison is a thief of joy and it's so beautiful because it really does nail it I think You know, as soon as you catch yourself comparing yourself to somebody else, you are robbing yourself of joy. Any sort of self-belief or self-worth automatically is undermined. Mm. So just becoming aware that when you look in the mirror, it's not about comparing yourself. It's about seeing yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you approve of your reflection, I actually don't encourage you to worry about initially. What I actually encourage is that people look at their bodies, and I get people to stand very close to the mirror, and they focus initially on their irises, and they see it as a planet. Because your irises are incredible. They're like, if you look at them really closely, you've got patterns and intricate designs in there which are mind-blowing. And they do look like little planets, you know, when you look at them. and focus on them but more importantly just think about all the things that your eyes enable you to do and see and enjoy and all the colors all the lights all the views you've ever enjoyed all the people that you've loved and cared about and you've been able to look upon and all of the tv shows and the things that you've witnessed and all of these gifts that your eyes enable you to have and just taking at it from the thinking at it from the perspective of wow they work for me all the time for free, without mm-hmm. complaint, as well as they can, and I get all of this for nothing.
1: Or mothers that have had babies and might look at themselves in the mirror and think, you know, and they're being so hard on themselves, it, you know, to think...
0: This body this, is incredible, This wishing. body is
1: amazing, it gave me a baby. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And it's just taking that, like, looking at yourself, thinking, mm-hmm. looking at your nose, and thinking about the air you breathe, the smells you smell, all of the when you smell gas it warns you of danger like all of these things that our body is just casually allowing us to experience on such a profound level that we don't even notice or appreciate it so never mind what you're looking at from a do i look like so and so on instagram forget that think more about the gift that your body really is to you and if you can do that whilst looking at yourself you really start to at least have begin that path to a narrative that will uplift and support you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking at yourself thinking, oh I hate my skin, okay, that's common. Like instead think of look at your skin and think, Thank you for keeping me dry. Yeah. You know, or thank you for allowing me to feel the sensation of touch because there's nothing better than a hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just really interesting when you start to break things down and just view them from a
1: different perspective it's always about perspective so if you're talking about stages of yes on the daily basis and then in general <clears throat> how does someone listening at home if they were if they know that their story isn't reflecting how they, so there's two things your story might not reflect what you believe or your story is your story but you just don't believe it and it is actually who you are how do you work through that process so that when you're telling someone this is who I am and actually believe it
0: yeah so okay it's in there's a I might explain this through activity that I do in workshops I get people to face one another and tell their story to their partner Mm -hmm. and when people first do this they're like oh what's my story I don't know my story and but they do. They, they cobble together something, and they're like, "I live here, I do this, I love that, blah, blah la, la." And the person receiving the story then is asked to share their insights and observations around it. And so the person who has told their story suddenly gets this perspective on their story, from an outsider's part. And so they may hear what, that their story lines up with who they are or not, okay? But they'll also recognize that possibly their story hasn't got much clarity, that their story isn't very uplifting, or that they feel disappointed with their story, or that they wish it had more of X, Y, Z in it, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. they will have clarity, more increased clarity around their story. I then get them to switch partners, okay? We do this basically four times. By the fourth time, not only is your story far clearer, it's far stronger, it's far more complete, it's far more aligned, because on that journey, you've had all of this insight, all of this feedback, and in that process, you have recognized yourself. Mm -hmm. They have held up the mirror to you, and you have been able then to see and hear that your story, that your constant communication to the world, you might be a mum that wants to get pregnant, and yet when, your story, when you're telling your story, your story speaks only to your incredible career. And it's like, okay, well, am I not making space for myself to fall pregnant? Or you might be wanting to start your own business. And yet when you tell your story, your story is all about, um, oh, I have to stick with my job because otherwise I won't have enough money. Mm-hmm. It might be all about your outgoings. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, not rec- and seeing only scarcity. Mm-hmm and or not believing in your ability to get a job. So whatever, or your own business. So it just gives you this really clear reflection of who you are and it enables you to really observe and start to tailor your story. Now, this is all well and good as a process. You start with these little tidbits that you start to tweak in terms of when people ask you how you are and what your family's like. And then you can really think about your active story. So what you are telling people about where you're at with life. And then there's the, the deepest layer. And that's when you talk to the stories of your past. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where real energy can sit, okay, depending on what your stories are. And um, it's, it can be very powerful to go back to stories that you have found challenging in the past mm-hmm. and retell them from a perspective of growth.
1: So on that, (laughs) I actually had a session with Kay last week and I went in there with, I wasn't really sure what I was going to talk to you about, but start of the year and, and we started talking about, um, you asked me to think of a situation, um, that I found really challenging. Um, I lost my father to brain cancer five years ago. And I was his carer, and there were some really challenging times. And I said, You know, I remember being in palliative care and having to make some really tough decisions. And as I was telling the story, correct me if I'm wrong, you said, Now let's tell that story from a place of growth, because it did have a this happened to me and it was so hard and this is awful and and look i'm not gonna say to anyone listening that you know if anyone out there has lost someone um particularly in in that way it's it's horrific and yes you're gonna think why did i lose my dad and all of those things but what i learned in that session was telling that story from a place of growth so i was in palliative care I was put in some pretty extreme circumstances where I found myself, I found that I could be compassionate, I found an inner strength, I I didn't know that I had that strength, I had to take charge and make decisions, I found this innate trust and intuition and strength and self-belief in that process and I also found compassion and empathy for others and through that whole process of losing someone that way I found perspective so literally nothing really challenges there's nothing that you could throw at me Mm. that I could say we can't find a solution for this or I can find a way around this because I have had experiences where that has happened to me where I've been thrown a really bad curveball and I have literally found a way around it Mm. So saying that from this happened to me, it was really difficult and I was put through the ringer or whatever the story was, I learnt in that moment I have to change my mindset to saying this happened but it taught me this and therefore I'm positive that if anything happened to me like that again, I'd be able to handle it. Can I
0: ask how have you felt about that? Since? experience yeah since you've changed your story around it um well
1: like I said I think you'll always look at those experiences of loss and and whatever tough like you'll that'll never change that you feel sometimes sad about it everyone has waves of grief that come even years go by and that still happens but I look at it there's like a, a story of the whole situation and then there's a story of me in that situation so if I'm thinking about retelling it and how I look at it I look at me in that situation now and I don't know if that's because time has you know it's been five years now and I look back and think gosh you grew like you had to grow up really quickly there were other things that happened but you know you had to grow so it has taught me to be more compassionate to myself mm. but also um, coming from a perspective of growth so that I'm more supportive to myself yeah, instead of hard on myself.
0: That is, yeah. And that's really the crux of the whole thing mm. yeah. because what we actually do through this process and, and where the actual transformation comes from is that release of self-attack. Mm. release from self-attack now attack might sound like a very extreme word to use but it actually is the truth of what happens we it is actually incredible how much we as a society self-attack when you think of all the times you say i should i have to and i must Mm. those are all forms of attack because what you're implicitly saying is i'm not enough because I haven't done X, Y, Z, or I haven't said X, Y, Z, or I haven't looked X, Y, Z.
1: and That's so true, even on a daily basis, yes. when you've got a whole, like I'm OCD, right? So I've got a whole running list of things that I need to do, right? That you're saying, I could do them, but I choose to do this one today. Or exactly. not letting it overwhelm you, because the thought process is, if I'm not doing those things, I'm not worthy, or I haven't done what I should have done, or...
0: And it's very held in our culture, that sense of having to do, as opposed to being. And the irony is we're called human beings, not human doings. And um, (laughs) being is so much more... We've created a life cultural experience which is very um, opposed to our beingness. And I mean, I went to a a lunch the other day with some beautiful friends and one of them turned around to me and they said, so, you know, what are your goals for this year and how successful are you and what's the, um, you know, what are your plans? You know, he wanted a a breakdown of my strategic, basically, (laughs) over lunch. (laughs) I love him. And um, it was such a joy to be asked those questions because it helped me celebrate myself I felt such a deep sense of gratitude that I didn't feel the need to fulfill the answers to these questions in the way that they wanted them to be Mm -hmm. because I my response to it was I'm everything is going brilliantly and I'm very happy with where I'm at and I have a few ideas about the things that I would like to do and I have a few retreats coming up but other than that, I'm just going to see what comes in. But far more important to me is what, how I feel today. Because it means that every single day, if I worry about how I feel today, 20, 2020 is going to take care of itself. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that's it. We get so caught up in all what we should, you know, inversely, the story we should tell that's going to outlay the things we're going to do.
1: And I will say for those listening, that is why Kay's energy is addictive. (laughs) And like you want to be around that energy because that's the right way to live. Like, you know, the more I practice your, you know, and we can go into in other podcasts, sort of the different tools, manifesting mindset, energy, Mm -hmm. all of the things. But you kind of release that pressure off yourself. And you enjoy life so much more. Yeah. I was a little bit wound up last week when I came to see you because I was letting fear overtake my thought process and the way in which I told my story to myself, the way in which I was going about business and personal, you know, to-do lists and all sorts of things. And after I saw you, I realized that my ego was completely taking over, which is something that has challenged me. And ego doesn't mean...
0: I'll clear it off in a minute. Yeah.
1: (laughs) People are going to be like, she's so full of herself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I kind of released that energy because it didn't serve me. Mm -hmm. And then if you get to where Kay is, what a way to live. Because you're not, you know, and unfortunately we're in a world where you do compare yourself to others and you do like We have the choice
0: to compare yourself to others. Yes. (laughs) See? (laughs) Money,
1: love, happiness. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so let's maybe yeah. talk about those. Uh, let me just... T- uh, oh, ego, can we Yeah, 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 that I'll ego's. clarify that. And, and also there's something I want to say about laziness too because I know from my own journey that um, the choice to be and not do, I found challenging because I felt lazy for a long time because I was... You know, like everybody else, it was drummed into me. If you want something, you have to go and get it, Kay. Mm. Whereas now I'm like, I would like if I would like something to come into my experience, I know it's about how I'm holding myself, how I'm feeling right now about it, that's going to attract it to me. So I don't have to do a damn thing. I have to be exactly. It's it's how I be that matters, and um, so ego. So what I say to my client, my perspective on ego is as simple as this. There are two things in life that matter. And one is there is love and the other is your ego. And there is nothing else. There is love and there is ego. And to me, love is those moments where you feel completely at peace. Those moments where you feel part of something so much bigger and you're so safe in not just yourself but in your current experience of being so I try to describe this to people um, and there are various ways because it's not people confuse love with just that sensation of falling in love but that's actually not what I'm talking about love is to me in this sense is more about actual peace feeling very safe very secure very um, Confident in who you are and what's happening, and everyone has moments they can be fleeting, but have had moments of this experience. In fact, a lot of people take recreational drugs together, you know, you can,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're like, Oh, you know, they take that drug, they get that high, and it's like that sense of expansive bliss that they experience. And 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 that, and people get shades of that experience, and it's that that is love because love is just a very it's you knowing that you are enough you knowing that everything's going to be okay what you're saying is you can
1: get that um don't do drugs at home kids but you can get that through It's and it
0: is getting that on a, a day-to-day basis yeah. that enables you to sit in that sense of being very happily yeah now i, I realize how challenging that can be up front okay but I would like, and so it's very important to understand that your ego is everything around of that. Because people think that ego is just about, you know. What you think of yourself. <laughs> yeah, what well, you think of yourself, like how you look or whatever it no, is. No, it's like, about fear, isn't it? Like well, coming... The ego is everything outside of that beautiful peace space. Oh. So it's your fear, your anger, your envy, your... You know, anxiety anxiety everything comparison. it's that voice in your head that's saying to you oh you've got to go and do that because of xyz or mm-hmm. how could they say that to me because of xyz it's all of that it's that voice in your head that tells you you're separate that tells you that you are nothing unless you are successful tells you that you have to go and impress your perspective on somebody else so that they're put right
1: so one of the things is when I recognize that it's ego-based, mm-hmm. so fear, anxiety, whatever else, Yeah, I'm really learning. I haven't perfected it because if I had, I probably wouldn't come and see you as often. But <laughs> <laughs> it's about recognizing that one doesn't serve me. I'm going to let that go. And I will say, though, you know, to... That what doesn't serve you that thought, that thought or that yeah, so when you have a thought energy or whatever it is, right you
0: yeah. you you observe the thought
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you say to yourself that doesn't serve me. I'm going to let that go because mm-hmm. it brings me fear, it brings me anxiety, and that's really yeah. that's yeah that's exactly right. It's being it's that increased awareness that we we're talking to through your story. So observing your internal narrative and and seeing that your thoughts are not serving you they. By asking yourself, does this thought about my boss bring me joy? Does this bring me a sense of peace? Mm. If the answer to that question is no, it's probably an ego based thought that you can let go.
1: Or it's a thought, it could be an ego based thought that's teaching you growth or something else that's more supportive.
0: Well, the only way it teaches you growth is in how you respond to it. That's how the ego, that's our constant lesson with ego is how am i going to respond to this thought that is either bringing me down or telling me off or telling me i'm not enough or whatever it might be how we choose to respond to that thought that egoic based belief is defines our experience because you can see or you someone can turn around to you and say something that is you feel is cruel and you can think to your, you, can react immediately, defensively, in order to protect yourself. Or, you can have the awareness that, ah, oh, they've said something to me which is hurtful. Now, I can be hurt by it, or I can choose to let it go. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as you say, I'm hurt, or I'm angry, I am angry, you are becoming that emotion. As opposed to, oh, I, I'm observing anger in response to this situational person, but I choose not to be angry. You are then being responsible. You are using your ability to respond.
1: Yeah, your internal power to shift your energy as to if you want to go into a victim or growth mindset. Growth being more supportive to heading in a different direction.
0: Yeah, you can observe straight away, wow, I could have got really angry at my mum for saying that to me because I normally do. mm. And yeah, I haven't. And it's because I choose not to be angry. I can't bother to be angry now. I'm, I'm in a, actually quite a good mood. Why do I want to be angry now? Mm. And whatever's going on for her is, is her thing, her story. And in that process, you are growing. You're allowing yourself to stay in a space of peace, peace of love. So when you say being aware
1: of the influences around you that might be affecting your overall story... Yes,
0: yeah. This you're
1: is... talking about sort of like friends, media past experiences that create your story, your belief process yeah, so or... at
0: the beginning you're. I think it's good to see yourself as a bit of an addict in a way, in that you're a little fragile, okay, so you've got to you've been very used to a certain way of being in the world, and a certain way of responding so go easy on yourself, okay mm-hmm. if you find yourself saying something about yourself that's super negative it's not great, but it's okay, the fact you've observed it is awesome, because it means that next time, you might catch it in time to change it Or you might follow up with something that qualifies it or something, but you'll start to make shifts. So it's about, as ever, taking yourself through this shift very gently and very, with a lot of support for yourself. And a big part of it at the beginning can be to be very aware of, yeah, the people you're spending time with, you know, are they, is it a bitch fest
1: or a pity party? Notice the energy you feel when you leave someone. Right. Right. Someone said that to me uh, last month,
0: mm.
1: and it's so true. Yeah,
0: I like that. It's really yeah.
1: good. Notice how you feel when you leave someone. Do you mm. feel loved and supported and understood? Mm. Do you feel a safe. sense of mm. yeah, safe or mm. um, uplifted yeah. or inspired by the person? Do you just feel happy because they're a good friend? Or like, what's the energy that you feel when you're I love that with a particular person. Yeah, yeah. That's also- Because you don't, I you know, I'm a Bit of a believer at the moment. Maybe I'm getting old and whatever, but I'm not old. By the way, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Delete. (laughs) Is that the older you get, I'm more attracted, as I said, to people they're a bit more open and honest about what's going on in their world. accepting yeah but it also creates a really supporting environment so Mm. you tend to never have that those experiences where maybe when you were younger you used to go to something you didn't want to but you put yourself in that situation for someone else Mm. or you made decisions that weren't um, supporting yourself
0: lined up with who you are yeah and then
1: the the more that you do that the more that you attract new energy into your world as well so if you're you know, in a yeah. You
0: start to branch out because you start to seek people subconsciously and consciously who you do feel able to be more yourself around. Yeah, and that is a really beautiful part of the experience. There's lots of benefits to this experience, this gentle shifting because you do start to make choices which serve you. And um, yeah, but as you say, it's really um, good to be aware of what you're left with post. An interaction with somebody, um, because that will tell you how you feel about them. Mm. Equally, what you watch on television. It's funny. I've actually got my parents staying with me at the moment, and um, it's been very interesting observing what they like to watch and um, and my ability to sit and watch it with them. But you see, at the beginning, is it's... it
1: Love Island? No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> at the beginning. Um, you know you're, you're you're fragile so yeah be aware if you're wearing if you're watching lots of thrillers or drama you know even drama can be quite destructive like if you're watching people go through extremely harrowing or painful or challenging situations or even in the music that they play to a lot of things it it is designed to create anxiety a lot of it so be very aware of what you're exposing yourself to and i'm not suggesting that You live in a box. I'm suggesting that becoming aware of your automatic response to, let's say, a horror movie means that you might become aware that you do feel very fearful and that, yes, you might prefer to then switch and watch something else. But you may get to a point where it doesn't matter what's on television because you'll observe your fearful reaction but remind yourself that it is just fear. It is not you. Mm. You are not your fear mm. your fear is an emotion you have a choice as to whether or not you choose to make it your, your experience story. yeah so yeah just becoming aware of the, the situations and people that you surround yourself with so if you're looking to rewrite a story that serves you one a past of the, experience you mean
1: well yes or deciding to change your relationship with a particular situation person. Oh, changing your
0: relationship yeah so that's a little different so in terms of you can change part your story with past experiences equally you can start to do start to change your relationship with things okay so for example i used to be very anti-cold weather part of the reason i guess i moved to australia but over last year beginning of last year i decided i was going to change my relationship with the cold which could also read to i'm going to change my story with the cold okay now with i just Gently set that intention. I would like to change my relationship with the cold. And it's been a very subconscious experience. But I have found that every time I have felt a lot of cold during winter or whatever it was. I said to myself, I wish to change my relationship with this. How can I experience this sensation in a way that doesn't make me as angry or sad or upset as it would have in the past? And just by having that awareness of my desire to change my relationship. I have started to feel differently about the cold. In fact, the last time I went camping, end of last, well, yeah, end of winter last year, the people I was with turned around and said, you've got less like bed cover than we have are you sure you're warm enough have you you've got less on you've got less jumpers or whatever and I realized I was wearing the least out of everybody and this was I was the one with the hot water bottle before Mm -hmm. and I had not even appreciated how much I had changed my relationship with the cold to such a degree that it had impacted my physical experience because you see that is actually the core of everything people come to see me with physical pains a lot and we re- generally remove that because what we do is we shift the energy that is associated to a story around something, and your thoughts are the core to everything.
1: What about someone's the other good topic is um, someone's relationship with money. So how to yes. change your Change
0: your story around money? Yeah okay, so, so let's
1: it... say if someone's I don't know. If to how to give an example of that but
0: yeah so let's talk about money because that's a good it's a good subject it's a very um um, because in the world provoking subject well yeah in the
1: world of um comparing yourselves in money love and happiness or comparing yourselves with friends media Mm. the people that you're watching on instagram Mm. every day whatever Mm. it is so if your anxiety is around
0: money around money okay so a couple of things so firstly how to deal with money I this is what I, I'll share my approach with money I see money as another form of energy okay you think about it you never own money you can't you receive it and you give it okay in whatever over whatever time period that looks like we can't take it with us when we die okay the point is I treat money as a flow that way i never have too little of it or nothing is too much because something that flows like water you never turn around to you know uh, a stream or a river and stand in it and feel the flow of water against your leg and say well that's not enough it's just it just is it's just a flow and money is the same money flows around the world and it goes in and out of people's hands and when i spend money I in what I tell myself is I invest when I go and buy petrol for example I invest in that Caltex or whoever it might be and I go into that petrol station and as I hand over my card or cash to that person I think to myself how wonderful it is that I'm supporting this person in their job so that they can go home and they can pay their rent and they can buy food for themselves or their family and it brings me a sense of actual community to be honest a sense of connection this person isn't just a, a random person that I have no connection with they're living and breathing just like I am mm-hmm. and they've got their own you know growth etc and all of their challenges and experiences ahead of them and And I'm contributing to their well-being. And that's a beautiful feeling. And I've got petrol for it. Mm -hmm. You know, which helps me go in my car and do my thing and go to where I need to go. And I'm grateful for all of those things. And my car can, you know, eat all that yummy petrol and do all the things it needs to do. And that whole experience is then one that is pleasurable. Not, oh God, I'm paying however many dollars for my tank of petrol. Mm -hmm. That's coming out of my account, which means I have less. It's none of that. It's all about, I am giving this quite happily and i am receiving
1: so much for it and i'm so grateful well what about those people that feel like they never have enough or that that yeah. feeling like like so, they're uh, always sort of running against the tide or running up a hill scarcity because
0: they, yeah. they bought into scarcity the not
1: enoughness so but is there a realist side to that equation too because obviously it's expensive to leave and it's expensive to pay these bills and
0: well it's interesting it's expensive Expensive is uh, another perspective. What I might consider expensive, you may not. And what someone else might consider expensive may not be what we consider expensive. So expensive is just dependent on the individual, okay? But expensive is only when you think you don't have enough of something. You know, if someone came up to you and offered you, um, I don't know, a plate of food for $2, would you call that expensive? No, you'd think that was a deal, okay? Mm -hmm. Because... From your financial perspective, you have more than enough to pay for that, okay? So it's actually not necessarily about feeling you don't have enough. It's more about acknowledging the channels through which you receive, okay? So people are always like, my salary this, my salary that. But that's only one channel of income, okay? The flow of money can come to you through many different channels. It can come to you through the form of gifts. You know, someone might just turn around to you, and it might be your birthday. You might get fifty dollars in a card, or whatever, or you might win a competition, or um, you might suddenly get a bonus at work, or you might have a windfall from a, a lost relative. You know, money can come to you through a ton of different channels. It's if you're just believing that money only comes to you through one channel. Of course, it's only going to come to you through one channel. If you think that that's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. But if you can open yourself and say, I allow myself to receive abundance through any channel that it chooses to come to me in, then you're opening up the channels of receivership easily. Mm -hmm. Like your neighbor might turn around and come show up the next day with a beautiful baked cake and say, here, enjoy this. Because also think about why we all want money. We want money so we can pay for experiences in order to be happy. Mm. That's what this is all about, people. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's not rocket science. Everyone just wants to be happy. It's not the cash that makes you happy. It's your experience of the cash that makes you happy.
1: Yeah, and some people think that they're in this, I, I need to earn to survive. And that's coming from a fear.
0: Absolutely. That's coming from a place of, I don't have enough. Not looking around and seeing that they can find happiness right now.
1: There's a lot of people out there that don't have much that are very, very happy. Yeah. You know, that perspective. And I have
0: a lot of, I have some clients as well that they'll come in and they'll say, well, that's all very well, okay, but I'm in a lot of debt. Yeah. Okay. But the reality is, even if you're in debt, you're still living and breathing in debt and your money is still coming in on some level. Money is coming in. And so it's about how you decide to sit in your exact current position without feeling like the world's caving in and instead turning around and going, you know what, I do have debt, but I also have a lot of happiness in my life. Mm. I have this body Mm -hmm. that is serving me freely and easily. And it's amazing. And I'm able to put food on my table. Mm. That is amazing. Mm. I know it sounds might sound trivial to people, but it's with these small little shifts that we start to receive a lot more joy. And rewrite your story. And yeah, and let's talk about receiving a bit too, because that's a big part of the money story. Allowing yourself to receive is a very important part of, um, of the happiness experience, really. Because a lot of us, when they receive a compliment, we deflect it or we don't accept it, or we feel uncomfortable around it, or when, we, when someone offers us help, we'll say, oh, no, no, it's fine, I've got this. We're actually not very good, most of us, at receiving, generally. So when we then turn around to the universe and go, oh, well, I want more money, and the universe is like, well, why? Because you don't like receiving things. Why would we give you money? You don't want to receive, it's obvious, from your behaviour in every other part of your life. But if you start to allow yourself to receive, things like money and friendship and love and happiness can start to flow into your experience mm. because you are opening yourself up to them.
1: Do you have to change your story first?
0: It helps to change your story, yes. Yeah. Because that enables you to open yourself up. If your if you're inner narrative is, I don't have enough money, I, don't have, I have lots of debt. I am really unhappy I have to fight for everything that's the experience you're going to have you can still be in debt and turn around and go I believe that one day I will have more than enough and that brings me joy I am optimistic about my future better yet I trust myself to Mm -hmm. find my way to a place that feels easy Mm -hmm. you can make your story whatever you want it to be why choose one that will bring you hardship?
1: yeah
0: it's as simple as that really yeah right i love that good so the final question i would like to leave everyone with as it's probably about the right time is what would you like your story to be for 2020 and maybe think about some intentions I prefer intentions to resolutions because intentions allow you to. Do you like to write them down? Um, I actually spend a, like quite a while like crafting them. Mm-hmm. Firstly, so I'll spend a few weeks like, oh yeah, I actually do this towards the end of the year, and I'm like, oh, New Year's coming up. What are my intentions for next year? And I just ask myself, you know, and then over a few weeks, these things, these ideas will come and then they'll slowly start to come into like focus really. And then, yeah, I'll probably, yeah, I do actually, I write them on my notes in my phone and it's actually, I'll share some now if you want. Um, One of my big um desires for this year, for 2020, my intention is to... um sit with my acceptance more easily mm-hmm. so it's always my practice to, to what do you mean by that? acceptance so um, honestly actually to be in situations or around people and just accept everything just as it is and not even feel the need to talk in many circumstances I would like to talk less actually okay. <laughs> that's quite ironic given this is a podcast <laughs> but um I feel there's a lot of Power in silence, not only for others around me, but for myself as well. And I feel that acceptance enables silence and silence enables acceptance. And when you can accept any given situation, the expansion that that requires is very powerful. For example, if you see like a kid throw a ball at an adult, the adult will laugh it off if it hits him on the head. If you see an adult throw a ball and it hits the head of another adult, they're going to get really angry because they can't accept that someone's done that. I would like to accept it. I want to, you know, be like water almost. Like you can throw acid or perfume in water and it just keeps flowing. And and that's kind of how I want to, that's my practice. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, another one is to really just further my my connection with my knowing. So really just enjoying that Continual unfoldment of knowing myself, like who, what I really feel and what sits well with me, and just discerning my way through my experience, my daily experience. Mm -hmm. So, those are two of my. And what about day to day practices? Those are my day to day practices. (laughs) So, um,
1: I mean, more like meditation.
0: So, meditation is actually how I um, work with my knowing Mm -hmm. because when I sit in my meditation, that's when I sit solidly in my knowing, as in um, when I, so I actually meditate with my eyes open because um, I actually find that by doing that it really helps me focus, which might sound funny, but um, it helps me because I turn my attention inward, inside myself, inside my body. But I am at the same time observing everything in front of me. And I kind of see it more like um, like a snapshot. Mm-hmm. I can see everything in my peripheral vision, the whole thing. And I just hold my gaze on one point. But my actual attention is within me. And I just sit in this nice, peaceful place within me, which is my knowing. And and I just every time my mind drifts to a story, I just bring it back. And it just furthers my deepness in my knowing. And it's a very peaceful and supportive and energizing process so what would you
1: give um someone listening some Mm. tips to understand their own story so how to write their own story
0: tell your story to someone Mm. ask a friend if and just explain to them what it is you're trying to do like or actually if you don't want to do that you can write it down ask yourself what is my story better yet do it with a mirror tell yourself your story Write your story, tell it to a mirror, tell it to a friend. And then see what you come out with.
1: So you're not writing it to define it in buckets. You're just writing it to see what comes out.
0: See what comes out. And then see, firstly, what perspective it's coming from. Is it coming from a growth perspective or a fear perspective? And then um, secondly, see how you can start to Shift it. Does it line up with you? Mm-hmm. Does it line up with who you feel you are?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was great. Thank you very much for listening. I hope it was useful. If you would like to um, have a coaching session with me, you can find me at kwilson.love, www.kwilson.love, and um, and email me um, or give me a call And I do this online as well as face-to-face, so it doesn't matter if you're around the world somewhere beautiful. Just get in touch. I would love to hear from you. I hope this serves you, and we would love any feedback that you have. Thank you. Thank you. And goodbye.